if you look at negative emotions as a sign as something that you can use to figure out what is it in your life that you need to change you're more likely to be where you want to be than if you were to just avoid it completely Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Half a Nice Day Podcast with your host, Janine. And Joshua. I don't know why for a second I blacked out. I'm like, do I still know the name of our podcast? No, because she, she hasn't done the intro in a very long time. I know. Yeah. And I was waiting for you to say Half a Nice Day, but then I said I will do the intro. Today is a very special day as all of our podcasts. Um, and in honor of World Mental Health Day, mm-hmm. not awareness, Mental Health Day, we have a special guest. He is a certified life coach. He is a mental health advocate. He's also a halfie, half Indian and half Iranian, which we just found out a yes, few minutes ago, no which is great. Um, he has a podcast, uh, which is called The Monk with Braids Podcast, and you can find him on Instagram, finding underscore lighthouses. His name is Sahil. Let's give it up. Welcome. Podcast. Hi. Yes. You guys are great marketers. I wish <laughs> I wish I had you as like a marketing person. Well, we can talk about our fees later on. <laughs> I love that. No, thank you guys so much. How I'm, are you? I'm great. I'm great. Actually, okay, I'm great. Yesterday was a really tough day. Mm. I'm gonna. I'm, I, I can't. Okay, tell about us it. about it. So yesterday, I actually had my first anxiety attack in a while. Wow. Which is really interesting because before I came here, I was like, huh, as like a certified life coach i've been a therapist before i've been in therapy before to say that i've had like an anxiety attack it's it was the first one i've had in a while mm. but um today i'm feeling great actually good. Every good. That's yesterday good. was tough but today is great but thank but you for saying that first I, of all I, uh, because again i just said you're a certified life coach and sometimes people are like no no you know i'm a life coach uh i do therapy like i like i facilitate it yeah. but i'm people are not perfect right exactly yeah. like so doctors still can still can get, get sick. sick yeah it's like not just because they're like a master in that particular field doesn't make them like um what's the word not n- not a hundred percent um yeah they're still vulnerable to it basically. exactly yes. yeah that's what you say so thanks for sharing that do you know what triggered it or yeah so recently um I've been basically, I was doing a bit of freelancing before okay, and kind of doing my own thing with podcasting, with mental health and life coaching and, and all of that. But recently, my mom has wanted to retire from her job. So I was like, or, or just leave her company, which she now has. Wow. Um, and she's here. She's right now traveling the world with her boyfriend. Wow. So, okay. Go mom. <laughs> yeah. If, yes. if someone can do it at 50 or like 54, yes. you can do it at any age. Yes. Wow. Okay. That's nice. Um. So yeah, I was, when she was going through this whole like period and phase in her life when she was wanting to get out of this like corporate life because she's done it for like 30 years now. Mm-hmm. I was like, you know what? Like, let me start working, working like properly and see if there's a place where I can get more money than I'm getting right now. And, um, yeah so life has been busy and i haven't had a lot of time to process my emotions as much as i should yeah and it's been a while now that i'm like used to being very social and having like parents and family around but right now for the last like couple months i've not had that and so i've just done everything to avoid that 
Yeah. And I think the biggest epidemic is loneliness. No one wants to actually feel lonely. Yeah. Um, and loneliness is the weakness of being alone. Solitude is the strength of being alone. Yeah. But wow, that's yeah, well said. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So, I have been fighting loneliness and trying my best to get away from it, and I've done amazing at my job because of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I will give props to it. But yesterday was the first time when all the unprocessed emotions from a recent breakup, mm. all the fears or insecurities that I had finally caught up to me mm-hmm. and because i'm like in the house by myself right now it's a big house yeah. one person it's a house for like three or four people okay um yeah no choice but to process no it, it was just there it was alone with your thoughts <laughs> exactly and, yeah it's a scary place to be sometimes but the thing is like how do i explain this okay imagine you have a thorn that's in your arm and it's like touching a nerve of yours right and you love clubbing but every time you go clubbing, people are jumping and dancing and the thorn gets hit. And so you, it, it hurts because of your nerve. So you stop clubbing. And then you love hanging out with people. You love being social. But every time you hug someone or get close to someone, again, the thorn gets hit. The nerve gets hit. So it hurts. So you do everything to avoid your avoid the thorn being touched. And then you end up being isolated. Mm. The question, like what I've realized is that I'm talking about like a physical thorn, but we have like metaphorical thorns and fears, emotions, certain thoughts and insecurities are exactly like the thorn, but within your heart. Mm. And so for me, what would you guys do if you had a thorn like in your arm? I think the first thing to do is address the thorn. What exactly it's, why is exactly there? Yeah. What you can try to do to get it out. Yeah, exactly. Because, uh, as long as you live with it, with just just being there, of course, it's going to be an inconvenience. Every time you think or you do something, um, you're going to keep that thorn in mind. Like, okay, can I go do something without this being touched or exactly. something like that? So. Exactly. So what I've realized is that you have two choices. Either you remove the thorn and it hurts in the moment, but then the thorn is gone. Or you just keep it because you don't want to feel the pain of it being removed. Mm-hmm. And... With fears, with insecurities, with negative emotions, it's the same thing. Mm. And so yesterday, the reason why it was tough was because usually when I have something like that, when negative emotions, when fears, when insecurities come up, I would do anything to avoid that feeling. And that would be socializing, that would be doing content, that would be um, going to work. But at some point, you have to sit with the feeling validated because there's toxic positivity as well yeah 100% and you need to really experience what it feels to have this emotion because if you don't let the emotion pass through you it's gonna get stuck and it's gonna continue building up so at some point you just have to breathe relax and just let it go so I think that's what's difficult right because because nowadays a lot of people are just busy beyond like uh, social media, getting distracted, going to work, just trying to get through life. Just trying to get that small dopamine hit, you know, <laughs> with all these... Yeah. Socializing, you know, taking care of yourself, taking care of others, plus if you're a parent, you know, trying to just make ends meet, that most of the time your mental health is not your priority. Yeah, So. 100%. But it's tough because, again, if you don't at least make it one of your priorities... Yeah. You're not going to be able to move further. No. Yeah. Definitely not. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's something that you need to 
tackle because it's something that's definitely going to hinder you from doing so many things in the future. Mm-hmm. Like what you said, it's, it's going to be very discomforting, especially addressing that particular thorn. Where is it stemming from? What, do you, what are the steps that you can do to do? And it gets super overwhelming for people and they don't know where to start. And of course, um, there's still that stigma. Like I, I'm giving therapy like a huge shout out over here where it's, um, but it's still like in that stigma or in that particular box where it's like, oh, if you go for therapy, you might be weak, you know. And yeah. there's this whole thing about this uh, red pill movement and about this uh, ignoring your emotions, ignoring your emotions, just maybe yeah. just go Being crazy at emotional. the gym, just lift heavy weights, go, um what do you call it? bury yourself in work and all those kinds of things is except for like actually doing the first thing that you should be doing which is speaking to someone about those problems and yeah and of course some people think it's oh you know it makes me look weak my parents never went to therapy and they're in a relatively good place they're mentally strong they're taking care of their family and stuff but now times are changing and mm. and i think it's great that you said that because the 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 theme of this year is to make mental health a universal human right yeah, right and for this year's yes so um, mental health is a universal human right mm. to improve knowledge raise awareness and drive actions that promote and protect everyone's mental health as a universal human right so it is that important yeah. mental health is it, sorry go on no no, no sorry because i was just thinking like we're not even like five minutes into the podcast when he, <laughs> he got up, deep real quick when he <laughs> when he brought up i had a panic attack yesterday and that's yeah. something like I don't know, like, do you go and tell someone you just met for the first time? Oh, I had a panic attack yesterday. But there's some people, you know, who are really in tune with their mental health, their emotions, that they're like, you know what, I had a mental, i sorry, I had a anxiety attack, attack yesterday. Yeah, but, you know, I'm doing so much better. I managed to understand where it's coming from. And now, like, today's a new day and I know what I have to get done. And it's, it's such a beautiful thing because you want, like, if I meet my best friend and we'll just talk about, you know, like, work, maybe we'll, like, talk crap about you know people and stuff but never like where is this all that's why it's from? there's a saying right it's okay not to be okay yeah all the time yeah. like again we're not perfect there are days when we're great everything's going amazing but there are those days when you're left alone with your thoughts and you have to assess you know this is happening yeah you brought it up yeah this sad. uh i don't know if it's the same definition but this whole toxic positivity is that yeah is that basically that like where you're like um every day has to be a great day and i'm gonna be uh i, I don't know is it the same sort of thing because i've heard this term yeah i guess how do you define toxic positivity it's yeah. just like shoving all the positivity when when things are actually not okay and just burying you know is that it yeah toxic positivity it is like have you ever when someone runs away from something, hmm. what do you think? Are they cur- courageous? Mm-hmm. Are they strong? Are they powerful? Or are they scared? If, scared. Yeah, I would yeah. Say scared. Yeah. So when you run away from mental health, that's not courageous, powerful, or right? So toxic positivity is you minimizing, invalidating any emotion you're feeling. Right. Basically, the quote, replace a positive thought with a negative thought. Stuff like that. Yeah. And it's when the most important thing is awareness. I I believe the most important thing is awareness. Mm. So you need to know and be aware of yourself to know at what point do I stop 
sulking in the negativity and at what point should I actually experience it and, and ponder on it to figure out what is it that's causing it, right? So there's like a line, right? At some point, you start, you accept that you have this thing or you're having these thoughts and you try to figure out where it comes from. But then at some point, you have to get out of that and, and do something with it. Mm -hmm. So awareness of being able to know when to reflect and, and to validate your feelings and to just feel everything because at the end of the day, negative emotions are something that we're meant to feel. Mm. Same with positive emotions. Mm -hmm. So just as you feel positive emotions, you should feel negative emotions. Toxic positivity is the inability to feel negative emotions because right. you're afraid of them or you're afraid of what they're going to reveal. Mm. And at the end of the day, that's all negative emotions are. They're just revealing things that you need to work on. Right. They're revealing things that you're insecure about, that you're fearful of, things that you've gone through that you're unable to let go of. Yeah. And if you look at negative emotions as a sign, as something that you can use to figure out what is it in your life that you need to change, you're more likely to be where you want to be than if you were to just avoid it completely. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's definitely yeah. not a sign of weakness that you have these negative thoughts or these, you know, sadness or depression in your life. And I think what's brave and what's courageous and what makes people strong is actually going through those emotions and acknowledging them mm. and being aware about them. It might not be your emotions, but also other people around you. And I think that's the first step. You're right. Awareness. No. I would yeah, yeah, I would say so. Yeah. I like uh one thing that has really um struck you. Yeah, struck me in this whole thing is because like people are really afraid of just tapping into that particular corner of their mind where it's like mm. negative emotions. And I've heard so many people say, like, you need to experience the negative as well to really enjoy the positive. Yeah. It's true. So it's if you don't go through the lows, how would you know what the highs are? Exactly. Right? Well said, yeah. Life. Life. It's so such difficult. a weird but beautiful thing, isn't it? I just want to backtrack a little bit and maybe let's go through your, your early days. What what brought you to, you know, being a mental health advocate and training to be a life coach? Because you're certified, so you've gone through mm -hmm. trainings as well. What sparked in you to say I this is where I want to be. Yeah. Wow. We only have an hour to do that. <laughs> um, so I struggled with anxiety and depression for like a really long time. All throughout school, um, in university. This is the part where I'm really honest. When I was, just before I went to university, I wanted to find a way to avoid the voice in my head that was talking. And that was constantly saying negative things. So I would do everything to avoid that. I changed my whole life and my external environment to prevent any insecurity from the thorn from being touched, essentially. And I was not confident, so I'd buy expensive clothes. I was So I had so many things, and I battled with addiction for mm. a while as well. Mm. So during my last years of school, I was not conscious at all. I was basically high all the time and I was just gone yeah um and when I went to university in the UK because everything is so readily available and it's so easy to get I really really sunk deep I'm talking 15 joints a day four pills a day wow um yeah because yeah. 
I constantly tried to avoid everything that brought me to that place. And at first it was people. Then I completely isolated myself. At some point it was food because I wasn't happy with the way I looked. So there would be three or four days where I just wouldn't eat at all. Oh, way, wow. Yeah. And no drinks as well. So I would avoid that. There were days when... And then at some point... You're just avoiding your mind speaking, which is like always there. Yeah. So then you just don't want to be there. Yeah. And I remember the the main thing that caused it was so this one time I had taken way too many pills mm. and I had an overdose. Mm. So I remember being in my room. I was with my flatmate and he was upstairs and I was downstairs. I remember sitting on the floor and I'm just like panting and have all these like crazy emotions and everything and just before i overdosed like i thought i was dying essentially right so i was like you know what if i were to go it's fine like at some point my family's gonna move on at some point my friends with that yeah that was the first time it sounds crazy yeah that was the first time i felt peace because i was like Mm. after this that's it i'm gone yeah and then i remember waking up next morning alive and i was like oh this again Mm. and that was such a like so you actually sad that you woke up from yeah yeah Yeah. and no one knew about it my friends didn't know about it my parents didn't know about it until last year so you woke up in your own room woke up in my own room on the floor woke up on like a in a hospital bed or something no no you just your body just managed to yeah to get over so i was i was i remember maybe 10 or 11 that's when i like took the pills and then literally woke up at 4am and I was kind of just fine and I moved on with my life like okay. nothing had happened wow. so I didn't tell anyone about it until literally last year I told my parents and like, not even your flatmate it. knew what was happening no he didn't, even know, he didn't even know I was taking that many drugs to be honest he didn't even wow. know he had a roommate who <laughs> 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 was there in the downstairs doing that <laughs> wow that's tough you're going through that alone as a young man yeah living I'm assuming away from your family because your family yeah. was here yeah so you, you woke up the next day Um, did you have like this realization like okay never again am I going to be touching these these pills or these drugs i'm going to start new or or no it was just like okay looks like i can go back to taking pills in the evening again or after waking up two hours later i had my first pill again uh, so it yeah. was just like yeah. it was a never-ending thing so it was not even a life-changing moment that's not a down in the dumps but you were yeah but when that happened that was one of the moments where i was like wow like i can't believe like you always hear about people having overdoses and being addicted to drugs but i was so unconscious and not awake that i didn't even know these things were happening they would just happen yeah so i would just almost get kicked out of my school i would just almost have a huge fight with my parents and it would just happen and it almost i almost felt disassociated from life and i was like these are things just happening no control of it yeah the thing that really had an impact was once um my friend and i had a party at our house and basically i was the type of person when i'm addicted to something i want to keep it within myself mm-hmm. he was the type of person that's like if i'm addicted to something i'm happy to introduce it to other people okay, uh, okay and okay. so we had bought really strong ket ketamine mm-hmm. yeah. and oh, we basically had four people in and by the by the way i couldn't fund um my addiction with my parents money yeah. so i became a dealer as okay. well 
So I become a dealer. You're deep in that whole lifestyle. Dude. Yeah, it was the worst thing ever. People coming to my house with weapons. This was a very normal thing. Wow. Like being a dealer, it was, and I had created a personality that when I left the house, this is the person I was. I'd come back home and be like, I hate that guy. That's not me at all. So anyways, wow. become a dealer, um, start doing a lot of drugs continuously. Um, I bought some ketamine for me and my friend um, and to sell. And I told him, don't let anyone have this because it's very strong. It's pretty much just for us because we're super addicted. So we need strong doses. Literally that night in my house, four people had an overdose oh my God. in one night. And I'm just there kind of like in my room, seeing these two people and then two people in the living room, just like having like a ketamine attack and not being able to move. And I just, that was the moment where I was like, damn, this is crazy. Mm-hmm seeing other people going through it yeah yeah because i was always like i want to go through it no one else yeah. and then seeing and i was the one dealing so seeing yeah, them over so it's oh, it was your just, supply that they're in this in your house station. yeah i'm just yeah. like talking about yeah it, but you started feeling like okay this is i'm in charge because this is all yeah. me yeah this is so you felt my the, doing yeah. basically yeah it was horrible and then the next day i remember i was having an argument with my friend he was like sitting there um, our dealer was there and then his girlfriend was there and I'm just sitting on the floor like screaming at him we're having an argument and then I'm having an anxiety attack at some point I'm just looking at him and the moment and this felt like it was this moment lasted so long but it was literally like two seconds it's like a pilot driving his or piloting his plane he goes and he puts it on autopilot leaves the cockpit comes back and he sees everything falling down mm. Mm. like he sees the plane is just crashing mm. and that moment when i had that argument with my friend that's exactly what it felt like because mm. i had exams all my exams didn't even do them i was in the city didn't even attend didn't do the essay i did not complete my first year um i did but i basically did my sec my first year and second year of uni all in my second year so all the modules for my first year I did it my second year because I just did not complete yeah. any of my exams. Yeah. And that was kind of the moment where I realized that something really needs to change. Mm. At that moment, that's when I told my mom about me trying LSD for the first time. Mm. And after hearing that, like typical Indian mother, she's like, oh my God, like this is the worst, this is the lowest you've ever been. Mm. Not knowing I was doing pills for a while, not, doing, not knowing I was a dealer for a while, not knowing mm. I had overdosed and tried to commit suicide before. Like, she did not know any of these things. Mm. And she hears that I do LSD and she's like, wow, my world is falling. So she introduces meditation to me. Okay. Nice. Okay. That was the first time. The first seven days didn't do anything for me. But by the eighth day, I was like, wow. It took all the negative, dark clouds that I had away from me for like 30 minutes or mm. 15 minutes. Mm. And that's essentially what started the change um after i started meditating i started to realize that i always thought because i was a psychology major ironic because i wasn't able to fix myself um i always thought that you are a collection of the things you've done in your past and your genetics mm -hmm. right my genetics weren't the best um my the things i did in the past were not the best mm. It was kind of when I realized that the habits you 
choose to focus your energy and consciousness on today, that's what makes you who you are. Yeah. Not your genetics or not your past. Correct. And every moment, pretty much, is a moment to change. Like, you wake up tomorrow morning, you have like thousands and thousands of new cells in your body and thousands of cells that have gone away. Yeah. So your body is constantly growing and every single moment, every single day, you have thousands of new bodies. So your body is basically new every minute. Yeah. Every day, it's a new body, technically. Yeah. And same with the brain, right? There, exactly. I think it was a recent study that they did that you can actually create uh, new neuropaths, is what they call. And mm -hmm. you can actually train your brain like how you train yourself in the gym to to think in a better light or you know in a less mm -hmm. negative manner or shift your your thoughts elsewhere so our body is amazing it's created to actually withstand a lot of things and yeah. and as you said like you're not your past people yeah. can change it's yeah. just are you willing enough to do so Mm. Are you willing enough to do the change? Take the yeah. steps. So you're saying day eight is what? Day so eight is when I feel like first felt dark clouds going away. Mm. And I was a different person. Like I went from being someone that doesn't leave the house, doesn't eat for days, doesn't shower for a week, mm. like does all of that to then going to university, talking to drivers, talking to people in my... um in my seminars, in my lectures, so much so to the point where people are like, are you high? And I was like, actually, <laughs> this is the first time I'm not. Yeah. And so literally yesterday, too anxious, can't get out of my bed, can't take a shower, don't want to eat. Next day, I'm out talking to people. I'm out like going out. Like to me, that was just insane. And I was like, whatever I've gone through in my life before and the person I was like today, I'm not going to be that. Yeah. Like I have to change and that's kind of when things started to change. So I realized that all the thoughts, all the things that my mind is saying, like there's like your brain, which is your body. There's your mind, which is the voice that constantly talks and the, and, and the thing that controls your brain kind of. And then there's your spirit and your soul. Mm -hmm. And people, including me, and sometimes I still do that, they get so attached to this mind because it has all these senses and colors. It's like, Imagine going to a cinema and the voice and the and, and the video, it's perfectly lined up, right? So it helps you get immersed into this experience of a movie. Right. And suddenly you don't even remember that you're in a cinema because you're so engrossed by this movie. Your mind does that to your soul. You have all these senses, emotions, feelings, thoughts that your mind takes your soul. And sometimes you don't make that disconnect. So you just become your thoughts. And I know... There is a quote that says you are the thoughts that you have, but I don't really believe in that. I feel like you are the thoughts that you choose to have and the thoughts that you choose to direct your consciousness to for a long period of time. That's who you become. Mm. Um, so exactly. Whenever, whenever I had time alone, all I did was everything I did, like the thoughts I would have, the way I moved, the way I spoke, every single thing, all I did for like, two weeks or three weeks was I would just clean the house all day long mm. and just think, 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 think. Why am I doing this? Mm. Why am I thinking about this? Where does this come from? And that's when I started journaling. And right. those two things, enough to literally save my life. Because mm. if I think about it then, if I didn't find meditation, if I didn't find journaling, to be honest, I probably would not be here. 
if I'm being completely honest, I have friends that are not here. Right. I have friends that are in jail. Yeah. So yeah, I most likely would not be here. And that's why when I was going through that suffering, meditation was what I feel the universe was trying to show me at the time. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I feel like whenever you go through negative emotions, it's something you have to change, mm-hmm. something you have to do different. And for me, in that situation, I was able to find the thing that I should do different. Yeah. And that's all it is. Um, that's all it is. So, yeah. I just wanted to say that it's good that you actually opened up and to your mom. Because yeah. uh, although, you know, at, at that time, it was your choice to do the meditation, to start journaling. It was also that spark that gave, that gave you that idea of you have to do meditation or at least try to do meditation. Yeah. And where my point just wants that I just want to point out is that for people who are listening, don't be scared to open up. No. You know, don't be scared to just share a thought to a friend or even to a stranger. You'll never know what ideas, what, you know, just sparks out. And yeah, sometimes when you talk to people, it also brings out the ideas that are actually already in your brain and it just comes out of your mouth, you know? Mm. Sometimes it's just in you and you just have to talk to people. So don't be afraid to talk to people. Like, yeah. And one thing I've realized yeah. recently from talking to people is that I've I've had conversations with people now that I would usually would never speak to. Mm. And I have conversations about things that I don't necessarily need to share. Yeah. But I've just decided to be more open and honest and okay. vulnerable. And to some extent, you're also giving other people the opportunity to be strong for you. Mm. And one of my friends, her name is Janvi. I never thought she was an emotionally intelligent person. But now that I've opened up to her, I think she's the most emotionally intelligent person I know. Mm-hmm. And yeah so yeah you're giving also other people an opportunity to be there for you which feels good for them and yeah you're not doing a service to someone but for the people that think that they're burdening people that's not always the case yeah your friends want to be there for you you have a community there for a reason yeah so use it (laughs) exactly and i think we do we we come to a lot of assumptions right we sometimes talk uh, on top of other people, even if that's not what they were thinking, not what they want to do, not what they want to express. And we just create our own idea of things. Yeah. But if we just take the first step as what you did, you know, just tell your mom, just be vulnerable, just be honest. You'll never know what will come out of it. Yeah. And uh, especially one one critical part of that was seeking help. Like, um, I think it came to a point where you're like, you know what, I need to speak to someone and tell them like what is going on in my life and let's see if I can try to get some external help and I think the first person that you thought of or maybe the first person that you approached was your mom and something as simple as meditation like being alone with your thoughts mm. um, sitting down and just like trying to analyze them like okay like what you said why am I thinking about this why why is this thought coming to my head how do I try to tackle it I think Something as simple as that, and you also mentioned journaling, yeah, which is something that I hear in almost um, every like well-being podcast. Like a lot of things that they really center on when it comes to mental health, it was like journaling, um, fitness, some sort of fitness, some sort of uh, grounding. So like walking outside, getting some direct sun, you know, some spending some time alone in nature, 
or by the beach or something. That those are like the core things that are there in in uh, yeah. when it comes to taking care of your mental health. But one thing that I want to touch upon, since you mentioned it, is journaling. Yeah, we hear it a lot. Yeah, you have multiple journals as well. I even mm-hmm. even I myself have a multiple journals. That makes me so happy to hear that. <laughs> I love it when people tell me they journal and meditate. It's the best thing ever. But but so for people, journaling is like okay. So today I woke up. I went to work. Uh, I saw my friend after work, and that's it. So, what are some things that you um, advise? Advise, yeah. or what are some things mm-hmm. that you journal about, or what are some key things that you like to journal, and do you do on a daily basis as well, or is it like a uh, maybe like twice a day sort of thing, or yeah, or is it like some people I know they they use a journal to to do a to do list mm. or something that, or just to remind themselves or have some things because there's some already pre define journals in that sense where it's like already printed okay here's your quote for the day there's one task that i want you to do like call a friend speak to them about for 10 minutes so like there's some prompts like exactly what you said yeah so what are some things or tips that you would want to do in journaling because i don't think we've had this discussion about before right On, on journaling yeah so my journey with journaling began four years ago and to be honest it's always kind of been there in my life but i never took it seriously until recently um, by recently I mean like four years ago mm-hmm. and I started off journaling just saying what's on my mind right now I have a pretty strict routine right um, so what I do right now is the first thing I do is one thing I, uh, okay one thing I want to increase is my emotional intelligence okay Um, to be able to accept my emotions but with every single emotion you have there's a journey to it right there's a way of dealing with it there's a way of managing that emotion and most people don't even know how many emotions there are Mm -hmm. and so what we do is we kind of do something called emotional bias which is basically when we're feeling frustrated rather than saying frustrated we'll say sad because that's just the first primary emotion Mm -hmm. we know and so the way people deal with their emotions is not always the correct way to deal with them because they're feeling a certain emotion but they're finding a way to deal with it that's for another emotion so I'm gonna give I'll ask you guys a question like how many emotions like distinct emotions do you think there are there's happiness sadness <laughs> joy is same, similar to happiness uh, anxiety anxiousness I don't know yeah. I don't know like eight or nine yeah I think. yeah maybe even more I don't know there's a lot there's a lot there's a but lot then like what you said is yeah. is true like they're two different emotions but Synonymous it could be yeah with each other um, yeah yeah, I'll just throw out a number, eight or nine. Mm-hmm. Ten. <laughs> just <laughs> to one-up you. <laughs> I'm going to win that competition. Yeah. There's 26. Wow. There's 26 emotions and you can feel so many emotions at the same time. Mm. So, okay. what I've started to do is I have this thing called an emotion wheel. And it just has a bunch of different emotions in a wheel. And what I do is I write three emotions that I'm feeling in this moment right now. And then why I'm feeling them and then what do I want to do with them? Or if I don't want to do anything with them, then I'm then I won't write what I want to do with them. Okay. That's the first part of it. Then I kind of talk about my day and talk about things I'm grateful for. Okay. So not only I'm grateful for this, that's it. No, but I'm grateful for this because of this and it makes me feel like this and really explaining myself. Mm. Then really digging deep on, on why. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like knowing why it means so much to you. Like, like being able to understand right. what are your priorities? What does it mean to you? Mm-hmm. And then that prepares you for the third part of the journaling, which is a to-be list. So we all have a to-do list, which is a list of things we want to do throughout the day. 
but we never really write about who we want to be. Mm. So who do you want to be today? Do you want to be confident? Do you want to be happy? Do you want to so be cool, yeah. joyous? Do you want to be more introspective, reflective? Like, what do you want to do? And what do you want to practice? Mm. And then what you find is most people do, and then there's, there's a to-do list. But the reason why I put the to-be list before the to-do list is because sometimes people do certain things that don't reflect how they want to feel. Mm. So you want to feel happy, you want to feel social, but you'll just be at home playing video games. Although I do play video games at home. Yeah. But you'll want to be social, you want to, I don't know, feel proud of yourself, but then you won't set any goals for yourself throughout the day. Yeah. And so having a to-be list before a to-do list helps you basically understand who you want to be, what qualities you want to practice. And then when you write your to-do list, you can actually figure out, okay, what am I going to do today to be able to achieve these things that I want to be? Right. Mm. Then the next day, so I do it daily, the next day you can talk about the three emotions you felt. Were they the emotions you felt in your to-be list? Were they not? If not, why? So, yeah. So something that I did that did not help the goal that I was trying to achieve. That's good mm. because you're not setting yourself up for failure because sometimes we write down these goals and they're great they're amazing but we don't follow up on those goals mm. we don't put tangible achievable actions to actually bring us to that particular goal mm. and without those you know one two three maybe there are some people who are just good at just doing things yeah but there are some people who with our day-to-day -day things and everything that's going on you can get easily strayed away so if you don't have your this is what I need to do to get to there it's gonna be tough mm. so I, I like that so you do it in the morning yeah yeah okay Every morning, so this really is your helpful. when you wake up yeah walk us through your your morning, morning routine. routine yeah tell yeah. us your, your, <laughs> your the day in the life of so I pretty much wake up first thing I do half asleep get on my laptop play a prayer it's always the same prayer it's called mm. tablet of Ahmed mm -hmm. so every time I say that prayer even if I'm half asleep or if I just fall asleep in the middle of it, I have to listen to it. Mm -hmm. um, then I get up, brush my teeth, go downstairs. I'll journal first, pray second, and meditate third. Okay. And I would say the reason I meditate after I pray, which I think is really important, and I'll give an analogy to explain it. In, in prayer, you're basically speaking to God. Yeah. You're basically having conversations with God. But the reason why meditation is important is because meditation is when you're silent and you give God a chance to speak back to you. Mm. And so doing it right after your prayer, for me, I think is the best thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's Gives my you a chance routine. to hear the... To listen and... The voices that sometimes get shut out. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I like that. I like that analogy. Never thought of it that way. Yeah. 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 I do meditate after I pray, but I never thought of it that way. So that's good. I learned something very new today. Great. What's your guys' <laughs> morning routine? Um, I'm a morning person, so I yeah, I, uh, I I wake up early. I uh, open up the curtains uh, in the living room. That's where he sleeps, so he gets some sunlight. I open his crate, but he doesn't come out. He's very lazy in the morning. <laughs> um, then I read my Bible. Then oh. I meditate say a prayer, meditate a little bit, a few minutes. Um, and then I start, you know, getting ready for work. Then I get to work, work out after work, and then come come home. Not work out all the time, probably once or twice a week at this point, but I'm trying. 
I'm trying my best. Yeah. What's yours? For me, it's... Uh, it's, it's him getting woken up by my voice. Wake up! Wake yeah, because I don't set an alarm. Um, I, uh, I, I'm i not a morning person at all. But first thing I do is wake up, do all everything that I have to do in the toilet, walk this boy, yeah. come home. Um, and one thing that's very important for me and th- something that I realized is working amazing for me, I don't check my phone. I love that. For like maybe an hour an hour and a half until i wake up so usually i wait i walk him around 7 30 mm-hmm. yeah 7 30 that's early yeah wow. it's quite early because yeah. i w- i walk him uh because it's too hot for him otherwise if i if i try to walk him anytime past eight uh walk him feed him and i do all the household chores so because i'm still working from home so mm-hmm. i still have that luxury so i'm washing the dishes um vacuuming the house doing whatever i can and then from there i start whatever screens have to do because i'm like in my day i i need uh this is the only thing that i don't like about my life but i need a lot of um uh stimulation Mm -hmm. so i'm working there's a podcast playing sometimes i'm also on my phone checking reels which i hate i I hate my social media social media addiction that i have um but it's slowly getting better because I don't have any screen time in the morning. And then, uh, yeah, just go on with my day, do whatever work I have to do. Go to the gym and always. Uh, and I'm so happy that my gym has a polar plunge, a cold plunge wow. pool. So I always end my day with that. Wow. I love yeah. that. I got to try that. Yeah. Yeah, I got to oh. try that. Have you, have you ever done a... Never. Oh, man, it's... Gonna take me, Josh. Yeah. I'll take you. I'll yeah, take I want to go. Come, yeah, I'll come with you. I know. So it's, so it's very scary. So I started going. I started doing cold plunges maybe last year. Two years ago. Two years ago. Yeah. yeah. But I used to pay to this one place in Alcoos, which is hundred dirhams a dip, mm-hmm. and that wasn't sustainable at all because I would like to go once a week and make hundred bucks a week is a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Then I we eventually shifted gyms just this year, and this gym has a cold plunge. And she avoids it as much as possible. But for me, it's you can something get me that into really a sauna, me a lot. But you can't get me into a cold yeah. plunge. Yeah. I love sauna Good. as well. Yeah. Sauna's my thing. Cold yeah. plunge, I've never done it. Yeah. And you I want to. It yeah. <laughs> it's four degrees. Four. Oh, really? I it's didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. The one in, in yeah. Wafi is four. Yeah. So uh, okay. I, I started with seven degrees. That's when I was going to al and then now it's four. That seven to four makes a big difference. Yeah, huh? just yeah. three degrees, but yeah, it yeah. is. It is. It's like because our fridge water is at four degrees yeah. when we drink. Mm. So imagine that coldness in your body. Oh, and yeah, and and <laughs> they say you have to stay at least for like two, three minutes. But I try to stay at least eight or nine minutes, and wow. then I'm done. Yeah. So I have a question for you guys. Yes. Like, for mental health. How much of it do you think is lifestyle? Oh, I think a big, oh, I would say a big percentage. Lifestyle of it. in the sense of exercising, um, like you're just, you're, yeah, you're, what like you uh, do, yeah. Yeah, like food. Th- exactly. Food you have, exercise, yeah. how you choose to live your life and what you choose to do throughout the day. Oh, I think it's, it's almost everything. Everything, then. yeah. It's very reliant on your lifestyle. Yeah. I would say, you know, when. Yeah, I would say almost. And we we always say this, like, you know, it's it's who you are and what you feel is the food you eat, the thoughts that you choose to, to have. The way you treat your the body. Way, yeah. The way that the, you... The way the people you surround yourself with. Exactly. Mm, that's a big one. Yeah. Yeah. And to me, well, faith. 
is very important mm-hmm. as well. You know, and people will disagree, but without faith, I feel like you're just weaving through life that doesn't have like a, a right path. And it's super, super important to me. So whenever I feel like, okay, I'm getting led elsewhere and I, I'm not in a place that I want to be, it's always the first thing that I do. Like it, it helps keep me aligned. And then exercise, food, everything else, family, spending time with family, spending time with friends. Um, we've spending also, time alone. Yeah, we've but... also, you know, not cut, but we've try to stay away from people that we don't align with you know not not necessarily like cutting ties not or friendship cut, uh, but, cutting wow. is is quite yeah. tough to say but maybe uh, ignore <laughs> yeah yeah we just or don't leave them on red but we try not to spend time with people that we don't um align with yeah in terms of you know their ways of living and all that so yeah we try to keep our or at least close friend, like our French friend circle, very tight. Like like a yeah, like a close friend circle. It's more quality over quantity. Yeah. In because this time, you know, this is the point where you realize. You know, the, the moment you become an adult, that's when you realize a lot of things. Mm. Yeah. Because when you're young, you like like you mentioned, you were just like, okay, I have I have like 15 friends I can call. Yeah, and they will all ha- we'll all wear our Nike shoes together, and we'll all have a competition. <laughs> yeah. And you know, then you start adulting, and you realize, okay, I just need like. A pair of shoes that I can actually walk in and protect my feet. Like there are some things that you time is limited. Yeah, and exactly, you can't exactly just waste your time with, with yeah. you know. Like we don't go to clubs. Uh, we don't drink. Mm. We yeah, just yeah. So that's what those are the things that we started realizing as soon as we hit adults. But why did you ask that question? Is there <laughs> a secret answer to it? Like what? How much the, percent of? I just wanted to know. Uh, yeah. okay, I just wanted okay, to okay. know, but because I was just thinking, like, while you guys are speaking, that's because we're talking about like morning routines and stuff that. So much of my life has just changed just because of my lifestyle. The fact yeah. that like so much of my mental health has just changed because of like simple lifestyle changes and choices. Yeah. And what you guys are saying literally reminds me of this study where these science these scientists basically were trying to grow plants and trees in something called a biosphere, like a huge glass like container. Okay. And the soil was nutrient dense, the water was amazing there was air coming sunlight but the plants would just like grow halfway and then they would just basically break off and they wouldn't grow fully so same with the trees and the scientists like worried like or they were thinking why is this happening you know like we're, we're giving the plants and the trees everything it needs like later on they figured out that the plants and trees had no air Mm. there was no wind and no air and why that's so important is because the air really compromises the life of a plant or a tree but when that happens the plant and the tree basically sink their roots deeper into the soil Mm. and they're able to get more nutrients and it makes them more stronger and they continue to grow Mm. Mm. they become more resilient yeah Mm. so pain and suffering Mm. are things that we also go through just like the wind the trees and the plants have but they're there for a reason and yes like they affect the life and the they compromise the safety of a plant and a tree but in the end they force the plant to go deeper into its with its roots to the nutrients Mm -hmm. and so very similarly with life like you're going to have things that compromise your life and there's going to be things that 
make it more difficult to live. But if you have nutrients that you can then sink your roots into, which is your friends, the morning routine that you have, the way you think, the way you kind of tackle things, whatever things you, whatever routine or whatever you have, whatever nutrient-rich soil you have to sink your roots deep into, that's what ends up helping you grow stronger yeah. and that actually helps you live like a much better life in the end. Yeah. That's that's so good because like I was just having this thought the other day like exactly something like you mentioned it's okay we're going to try to create life in a biosphere which is outside mm-hmm. of its natural habitat mm. and lately like I've been thinking like how much us as humans have evolved and I think that's where a lot of um, like anxiety is stemming from because we're like constantly sitting on a desk mm. throughout the day yeah. we're not going outside we're not getting the natural light of the sun mm. we're not getting that vitamin d that's why we feel fatigue because we're staring at screens the whole day like the moment you're out of your job you are on your phone and you come home and you watch tv and like um so it's, it's like it's how so like much. our lifestyle has changed so much from like i would just say like our great grandparents, like we would actually use their hands, work out at work in the sun, and then they had such. I would, I would like to say the word simple. They had quite simple lives, and for us, like we are better off as humans. Like I mean, it's a great time to be alive. Like mm-hmm. okay, we can do all whatever work we can from our computer. We can communicate with someone who's halfway across the globe through a phone. We can we can order food directly to our house. They will like literally deliver it to our hands over here. Uh, but I think this is the reason why a lot of people are slowly, like, losing touch with, like, basics of life. You know, like, mm. just spending a, t- a day at the beach or spending time with family. Because they're like, oh, yeah, I can just chat with my family on our group chat or something like that. So, mm. everyone is really, like, I don't know. It's not, like, it's not the same as it how it used to be. Yeah. This is actually so interesting because yeah. I'm just thinking of, like, so I, I watched this. Um, video where this guy talks about going to the Amazon rainforest and he's speaking to the indigenous people and he has this translator and he's talking to them about like their life and our life and he was basically talking to them about how we go to supermarkets to get our food Mm. and the indigenous people they're like you guys have people committing suicide and you guys have people struggling to live life when you can just get food in a supermarket and they found that so crazy And that makes me just think about, like, mm, it makes me think about how, like, life used to be, like, long, long time ago. When we we had to fight for survival, but we were conscious. And all the threats we had were on the outside. Like, if we were trying to hunt and eat, like, we had to survive on the outside. Now, we've, like, kind of evolved, but some tendencies we have are still similar. And so now, our threats and the life-threatening things are not on the outside but it's all psychological yeah yeah and so it's so interesting how that like shift happened shift happened so crazy huh and what i've realized recently is that mm, depression is not being able to let go of the past anxiety is constantly worrying about things in the future and stuff like that yeah but then when you're constantly because i had depression and anxiety when you're constantly in the past and in the future it prevents you from being conscious and present and when these people had to fight and they had to do all these things, they were probably just really conscious all the time and they were not thinking as much about things related to their mind, yeah. maybe. And yeah. I don't know. I think that's one of the most important things, just being aware and conscious of the present moment yeah. rather being than in being... in the now. Yeah. Yeah. 
That's so well said, huh? Like, because yeah. remember the hunter gatherer lifestyle. So yeah. it's it's really like that. Like, okay, am I able to sleep without a tiger attacking me tonight? Mm. And I was like, oh man, I didn't finish that report I had at work. That's <laughs> what's keeping me yeah. awake at night. So yeah. it's, it's it's very it's, different. It's so, very so different, different how you know we live our lives. Uh, but I think what what what's most important in what you said is is being in the now. We, we forget mm. that. We forget that because, again, we're so distracted with every single thing that sometimes someone's talking to you. And and I'm at fault with this as well. You're talking to me, but I'm on my phone, you know, Mm. I'm scrolling or like something is happening that is important. But, you know, you missed it because you're doing something else or you're distracted. So we have to keep reminding ourselves to be in the now because the now is now. Then it will become the past. And then you'll get depression because you're like, oh, I wish I wish I did this. I wish I did that. Mm. And then you get anxiety because like, what do I have to do to actually, you know, try to get back what I missed? And it's just a cycle. Yeah. I saw something the other day where it's like, we're worried about like the clothes we're wearing showing a bit of fat. But like we're on this moving rock in the middle of nowhere <laughs> as a billion stars in the milky way a trillion like everywhere and we're moving so fast on this rock around yeah. space that because we're moving so fast we don't even feel the fact that we're moving and like exactly there's so many things that could happen That's in the true. perfect so distance many from things. the sun that we're not too close where we yeah. burn we're scorching or where we would be in <laughs> it's crazy ice age or something yeah and he's like these are things that are happening which you don't even realize right yeah what, 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 I have a question since uh, since you said that you speak to a lot of people about these kinds of things. What are the most common, um, I would say, mental health related issues that you see here in the UAE at least? Because on our last podcast where we spoke up to, to therapists, uh, one of the things was loneliness because like yeah, this is a whole tough. expat. Yeah. This is a it's it's an expat country, so like it's a transient country, yeah. Yeah, it's a ninety percent people with um, who have left their families back home, come here to to work and get a better income and then send money back. So I think one would be loneliness. So what what are your thoughts or like what do you, what are the things that you've seen people here actually like I would say suffer from? Is that the right word? Suffer mm. from or loneliness is definitely a huge one. Lack of purpose. Mm. or even if you don't know your purpose not having something huge like bigger than yourself that you're working towards yeah um That's control mm. a lot of people don't feel like they have control over things when they really do and then the things that we don't have control over we for some reason think we have control over them mm. so we try to fight because we think oh i should be able to control this thing but truth is you can't and so when I was talking about the, the plant and the, the tree and the air, the plant and tree cannot control the air and the wind that hits it, but it can control the fact that it either moves in a certain direction or it can control the fact that it sinks its roots deeper into nutrients for it mm-hmm. to get more to be able to be stronger. Mm-hmm. So I think people focus so much on what they can't control and they believe that it's something they can control. And then things that we can actually control, our ability to smile, the way we perceive life. These are things people don't think we can control. And one thing a lot of us do is absolute thinking. So that's kind of like your boss is a challenging person, but you'll say he's impossible to deal with. So using certain words even, because using the word impossible gives you the opportunity to not do Do. as much because you're like, this is never going to work. Yeah, I don't think that first step. But when you use challenging... 
or use he's like this sometimes that kind of leaves a pathway for you to do something about it so controlling things that not being able to control things that we actually have control over mm. and trying to control things that we have no control over definitely that's another problem um not being able to let go of your parents past traumas mm-hmm. so okay. for example i remember when i was young my parents and my family was very loving until today sometimes this happens they were very very loving people but when i was unable to show them the same amount of love mm-hmm. that they showed me or the way they showed it to me they would be like oh you don't love me enough or I love you way more. And they would make, they would guilt trip me for not loving them as much as they love me. Right. Oh, and they like, had their way of loving. And if someone loved them otherwise in different ways, it's not love for them. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. And so, so yeah, when I got into my first or couple relationships, let's not lie here. When I got into <laughs> my first relationship, I remember showing, like overly showering this person with love. Mm. Love bombing as they love call it. Love bombing yeah. them. And because... Yeah, it's a new Gen Z term, <laughs> love bombing. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I didn't know that one. Yeah. <laughs> She's in touch with all the Yeah. <laughs> I, I try to be. Yeah. No, no worries. So, yeah, I think when I got into my first relationship or my first couple relationships, I was just overly showering this person with love again because I was f- fear of being alone. Mm-hmm. Right. So, you do, uh, you, you even picked the wrong partner just to avoid being alone. Right. You, like, uh, anyway, so. I remember showing this person so much love and then when they wouldn't show it back to me, I'm like, but you don't love me enough. And they'd be like, I do. I just show it differently. Yeah. Or I never asked you to do all these things for me. Mm. And so it took me so long and so many relationships to realize that I'm doing this and I realized, oh, it's something that I get from my family. So there are so many things that we pick up on our, from our parents, the way our parents handle certain situations as children. And children are the most spiritual beings out there but also from the ages of like four onwards they're so even even younger they're so observant yeah and things you think that they would never pick up on they actually do pick up on them yeah and so for me i think there are certain things that i would have picked up on that i found very difficult to let go of and unlearn Mm. okay so yeah because it's been years and years of of it being ingrained exactly it's your roots basically so it's like cutting off something that you grew up with and it's tough especially coming from i would say asian households asian Mm -hmm. arab households because there are a lot of not just from our parents but generations before them that have been passed on generational traumas and that they're also carrying so i think it's very interesting that this would probably be the most aware generation of uh, trying to cut off uh, past traumas or generational um, traumas. And as you said, awareness is the first step. So it's great that we're aware. Second, it's a choice for us to cut it off. Let's so go. I think it's, it's just yeah. going to be better from here onwards. And it's great to see that we are aware of yeah. that. And it's tough sometimes to have those conversations with our parents, but it, it has to happen. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree. Cause she also did like, uh, the, uh, what is that word? Like the, 
she didn't go in that path of you know staying in my dad's house or my staying in my parents' house until I was married mm. and like move out. But she moved out when she was still single. So like you know these are like small wow, yeah. things, especially in an Arab Asian household. Like can yeah. you imagine? So it's yeah. it's That's things insane. like that which she ha- it's which is like such difficult conversations to have with your parents and they won't even understand. They're like why do you want to move out? Like you're gonna live by yourself mm. at when you're twenty like twenty six, twenty seven, all by yourself. Can like. It's something that you don't hear every day, especially in an Asian household, right? Especially when your parents are in the same country as you. So, like, these are small things, I guess, in a way which um, a lot of people should actually take into consideration. Or, like, I, I think it's a very big step because for me, I never had a chance of living on my own, like, straight from my parents' house into this house. Hmm. But she had this transitional period where it's like, okay, what is it like living alone? What is it like fending for myself? What is it like... Being alone with my thoughts on a day-to-day basis. That's what I'm going through right now. Yeah. Yeah. So I respect that journey, man. Yeah, yeah. Oh. So it's 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 a very respectable journey. And I would say, like, that's one thing that I regret in my life. But, of course, I'm still... Um, you're I'm still, still here. Yeah, I'm yeah, still you're here. I'm, still, I, I'm here the whole day by myself without her. So I think it's <laughs> throughout the daytime, it's when I have my alone time. Yeah. Yeah, and people have different journeys, right? So... You might not have the same relationship as I had with my parents. You might not have the same relationship with your parents. And we all go through different things. And we just have to know how to weave ourselves out of the things that we don't want to bring forward. You know, as future parents, you don't want that to also be passed on to your future children. Mm. And again, everyone's not perfect. Like, it's not like our parents are horrible. They're They're the most amazing parents anyone could have. But... There are things that they have brought down to me, to you, to you that we don't want to pass on um, to the future generation. And we just have to be aware of that mm-hmm. and make sure that it doesn't push through. Yeah. I want to say really quickly, like, I've struggled with mental health for a long time. Even some days till now, like yesterday, I was really, really yeah. not feeling good. But I want to say shout out to suffering mm-hmm. and shout out to pain. Right. Because... The pain I went through, I was just thinking while you guys were speaking, like what a privilege to be on a podcast. Mm. That's so insane to me. Mm. Like you guys have created this thing, beautiful thing with culture and with all these things and I'm just honored. Thank you. Because I've gone through things. So Mm. I now come from a position where I'm able to talk about these things and and to reflect and introspect and and converse with you guys about it. And I realized that if I didn't go through the suffering I went through, which at the time was so tough, but then it does pass, um, I wouldn't be here. Mm-hmm. It permanently changed the way I think, the people I hang out with, the lifestyle I have. And because of that, I'm here. Like, that's yeah. so insane. So whatever, like, suffering or pain, like, you have, that's what builds you. And as long as you're able to find what it's trying to show you, because it's very tough to grow and to feel like your life needs to change when everything is going well. Yeah. So it's when you're going through like tough times that like grounds you. For me, sometimes I I'll do speak to people, but sometimes I just talk to God and I'm like, mm. why? Mm-hmm. <laughs> why? Yeah. But no, I'm, I'm like, why am I feeling this? And I realize that I'm so much more connected with God and my inner being yeah. when I'm going through tough times. Yeah. And so shout out to tough times. Yes. <laughs> You know, I I totally agree with this because Janina Janina and I, we recently uh, got into watching F1. 
Mm-hmm. So we're like obsessed with the whole sport and everything. And just today in the in one of the episodes on Drive to Survive on Netflix, shout out to them, uh, <laughs> Max Verstappen, he said, I don't learn anything from when I win races. Yeah. Whatever I learn is from losing. So it's something very similar to that. You know, like huge, really huge shout out to suffering because suffering is an emotion which I, I, I'm 100%, I 100% am an advocate for. You should feel it, you should understand it, and then... Of course, the most important thing is take action on it. Mm. Like um, as Janine, there are times when even I've had my my anxiety breakdowns, or if I've been having a terrible day or something like that, I also take a moment and step back and from the outside looking and I understand like where is this coming from, and mm. then I make sure that I take an action on it. Or the weirdest things that I've done when I've had like my my lowest moments, like booking a flight to go to check to Everest Base Camp, going to try to do stand up comedy going to solo trips traveling the world just to you know like really try to put myself in a better space and it's because of the suffering where i really learned a lot about myself and it's the same thing as you you know like okay i have a comfortable lifestyle living by myself or oh, i have a uh we're a comfortable lifestyle like let's try to challenge it in a way and maybe get a dog or something like that because he was a very <laughs> tough boy to deal with in the future especially Good practice his, for having a child his, yeah. his uh, past trauma had <laughs> had transferred to us so it's 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 really good to really take in those emotions and the most important thing as well after that is really making um or really deciding on an action that you want to do to achieve it yeah because even when i was in therapy last there were there was this um he gave me this um this task of understanding what jealousy is and understanding what envy is. And for me, I've, I haven't heard the word envy in the longest time. And for me, it was always jealousy because mm. in my mind, I, I also like, you know how much uh, both of us, we struggle with a lot of um, imposter syndrome. Mm. And there are times I'm like, okay, why does, I, I know I'm in a good place in my life right now. I've done a lot of things to get to where I am, but they're like, do I really deserve this mm. or what does or then when you start looking outside i'm like oh okay this i'm like i'm this guy has just started doing this recently how come he's doing better than me and all these things mm. so there's jealousy which you can use in a way it's like okay like now it's i think it's time to up my game or use this as a motivation or as a drive and then there's envy where it's like envy is jealousy but without action so it's like i'm just admiring from this and something like you know what i'm gonna sabotage this guy in in some time or like i'm gonna maybe try to do something which is against his or her favor. Yeah. And these are like small things, you know, which you need to really take a step back and understand. And, and I think that's the reason why um, I'm a very firm believer about uh, mental health and the things that we need to do to make sure that we're not taking care of our body and and our, our spirit and everything, but also mind. So it's, yeah. it's, it's all connected. Very, yeah, so It's all connected and... Mm. And there'll never be a finish line, you know? There's never like, okay, once I'm going to be happy every day, once I wake up happy, once I go to sleep happy, that's when I know I'm in the best place. Like, no, it's a constant journey that you'll have to battle and uh, be victorious every single day. I will say, like, talking about journeys and and suffering and all of these things, like, there's a story of this um, piece of terracotta clay. And so it's like a talking terracotta clay and... And the person that's making something out of it, squeezing it and, and, you know, really deforming it and changing the shape of what it used to be. And it was this comfortable block of just nothingness. Mm. And they're making like a structure out of it. And the terracotta clay is screaming to like the person doing it, saying, why are you doing this to me? Like, this is so painful. I was so comfortable before. 
why are you stretching me out? I'm going to break. Like, saying all Where these things. Why are you hitting me? Why are you... Yeah. yeah, then the guy puts the... So, he brings the structure and the terracotta clay is like, oh, thank you. I look so beautiful now. And then the guy puts the terracotta clay into this, like, into the boiling, like, um, what is it? The furnace. Yeah, it yeah. puts it into the furnace and it's so hot in the terracotta clay. It's like, oh my God, you're burning me. This is so painful. Um, I'm never going to forgive you for this. Like, why would anyone do this? Then the guy takes it out and the terracotta clay is almost dead, but it takes it. The guy takes it out. He looks at it and the Targotica is like, wow, I look so much more beautiful and shiny and polished. Mm -hmm. And then the guy puts it for the second time and it's like, yo, what's wrong with you? Why are you doing <laughs> this to I'm me? <laughs> this is so painful. I almost died last time. What's going on? And the guy's like, just wait, be patient. He takes it out and it's this beautiful, shiny thing that serves a purpose and that has like a purpose, which before it didn't, mm. but it was just this block of nothingness, yeah. which is technically where we come from, like what we were. And then it becomes like this beautiful thing that people use and that, you know, it serves a purpose. And then towards the end of it, the terracotta clay is like, oh, thank you so much. Mm. Like, and so we go through all this suffering. We go through all this pain and it's tough in the moment. But as soon as you're out of it, that's when you realize like, I'm so grateful. And actually today, that's what I'm having sitting with you guys. Because I'm like, I went through all that suffering. This is like a confirmation that like, that it was there worth was something purpose. at least yeah so there was a purpose for it yeah yeah. yeah we might not understand it in that moment like when we're in the middle of a fire or in impossible of... yeah so tough yeah. yeah but the moment we arrive like rise from that and we come out like stronger and smarter and like you understand everything that's when you're like hmm. that wasn't or no not wasn't so bad but i needed that yeah i want to tell you guys like with this podcasting thing with like doing all of this like you guys have also gone through your own journeys you're here for a reason so if you're like with I, I face imposter syndrome all the time yeah especially like with my job I have to basically take care of the mental health of like 80 people mm. so it's really tough sometimes but you have to remind yourself that you've gone through this journey to get to this destination and yeah. that you're going to go through another journey to get to that destination so if you're here right now that's because something or if you believe god that thing wants you to be here and don't fight it because you're never going to win against god or the universe yeah so just true. accept where you are appreciate it yeah be grateful and you guys are amazing hosts actually thank you so much you guys are thank really you. really good thank you i feel so comfortable right now so. thank you so much oh max you did a great job as well he's the third uh, co-host <laughs> thank you so much for being here no, um i just much. wanted to end the podcast with you know, letting our listeners know where can they find you, if you can plug your Instagram, and if someone's looking for a life coach as well, um, let them know about you. Okay, and before that, very quickly, <laughs> what are the smallest things people can do today to make sure that they start taking care of their mental health? Like, it's hmm. like because, like, um, the theme what you mentioned, what was the theme for this year's mental health day? Mental health day theme is a universal well, mental health is a universal right universal right so yeah. in that sense um it should be something that everyone should be taking upon themselves and of course there are the paid resources which people can go like um therapy like coaches um buying some books or something or like subscribing to like uh meditation guides and everything but what are the smallest steps which people can do which maybe don't cost a lot of money that can be easily accessed by like literally any Tom, Dick, and Harry uh, that they can start doing to improving their mental health and then you can close off by telling us what how people can reach out to you, where they can find you, what are your future plans and, and everything like that. So Yeah, 
um in terms of simple lessons i know i repeat this a lot and trust me my friends are so annoyed at me because <laughs> i always say this but literally journaling and meditating yeah i know like i've already spoken about that yeah. but it's just like i promise you guys that it genuinely saved my life and if uh, if it wasn't for those two really simple like things i would yeah. not be here and so meditate and journal always one thing i've recently been doing a lot more of while i'm not in therapy reading so i'm reading a book called the untethered soul and this book is just amazing as well so reading watching podcasts analyzing your life a little bit through journaling is really important knowing where you want to be knowing what you want to feel praying like praying is one of the biggest ones i don't know even if you don't have like a god just pray to something yeah right and that's honestly that's everything i've done and the thing is that it seems simple but there's like levels to it and oh, yeah, you start yeah. with one thing right then, you know like it's it's the most basic things that you understand from so many different perspectives mm. that give you this holistic approach to understanding who you are yeah and yeah i would say just being conscious and and it's free being conscious yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. you don't, <laughs> you don't have, have to, to pay, pay for that <laughs> so even if you're working even if like anything you're doing just be conscious and yeah. be aware of who's there behind the mind mm. like the mind is this constant thing that's speaking but observe the mind don't just be the mind and right. try to disconnect and mm, physical health is something everyone talks about and what was the thing that they said was like uh physical health is like a right yeah a so right? yeah it's a it's a universal human right yeah 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 so mental health is universal mental health is a universal yeah human so right yeah. physical health is and yes. we're made out of the body the mind and the soul Right. Physical health is important, of course, but mental health is equally if not yeah. more important. Yeah. And so is spiritual health because I remember a time when I had just quit drugs and my physical health was so bad. Every day puking, diarrhea, cold sweats, shivering, but my mind was at peace for the first time and that made getting over it so much easier. Mm. So right. please focus on your mental health and also on your spiritual health. Do things that make you feel spiritual. We have coffee to wake our bodies up. and our brains up what are you doing to wake your spirit up right is there something you're doing if not then find something amazing that's what i would say that's what was the last thing i just uh your closing remarks where they can find you or of course how could i forget to yeah. plug myself <laughs> exactly. yeah plug yourself yeah. yeah um yeah on instagram finding lighthouses that's where i post content if you want my life coaching services for sure you can ask and i'm happy to do that um YouTube yeah just okay lighthouse that's my YouTube I have a podcast mm-hmm. I'm trying to get as good at it as you guys are with uh, yours you will so yeah I have that and actually you guys should come on yeah, yeah I'd love to yeah. you guys should come on yeah, I've never had to. a couple that would be such okay. an interesting thing. Uh, I love it yeah done yeah <laughs> yeah that's it perfect, perfect. well thank yeah. you so much for being here that was amazing you know we've learned some new things that that we don't really practice and yeah exactly i've learned a lot i'm now inspired to be just going to level 2 of journaling you know <laughs> ooh just can we end with one thing yes yeah. of course what are five things you guys are grateful for i'm grateful for my husband i'm grateful for this podcast i'm grateful for god I'm grateful for my family and i'm grateful for did i say max no no i'm grateful for max my dog our dog 
I'm I'm grateful for a lot of things, like exactly the same things that she said. Like I resonated so much with those, but um I think just um one thing that I it's like I have I have gratitude for the smallest things in life which a lot of people take for granted. Mm. Like um having clean water to drink, having food on mm. the table every day, mm. having hobbies. Um because a lot of people, like you said, like they they're just going through life not knowing what the purpose is. But I think uh, a good way to start is just ha- having a hobby, something that gets you excited, something that gets you excited outside your 9 to 5. Like what you do from your 5 to 9 is very important for us. Like we would like to maybe wind down by watching TV as simple as that or video games. We're both into video games or sports or something mm. like that. So I think just having access to that um, is something that I'm very, very grateful for. What are you grateful for? Um... I'm gonna go kind of big oxygen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's one. Yes, yeah, because when I first came in the room, I was feeling a little bit anxious. Yeah, and I think on parts of the podcast you'll see I'm actually shaking. Yeah, but um, plants really calm me down, so okay. I'm really grateful. Great, we have a lot plants. of those around. We have a lot, <laughs> and we're we have just been on a binge of plants, and we're like plant really taking, plant. Yeah, yeah. Do yes, do it. Yeah. Um. So oxygen, plants in this room, you guys, and. And you texting me to do this. Um, that I know it's great. very late because he reached out to us when I just saw the date. It was in March yeah. <laughs> of this year. And I literally got back to him this week. But I'm so glad that we were able to make it work. Yes. In the shortest time possible. The stars and, aligned. Yeah, it was divine timing. Like, yeah, yeah for sure. it was perfect timing, yeah. Um, also cells in our bodies, like yeah. cells and organs, because we don't really think about it, but they're just doing all these like insane things. And if one of them were to falter or something were to happen, they would like not... We would not be able to live. So the fact yeah. that we just have cells that unconsciously do things and have these special like, oh, it's amazing. So yes. yeah, cells in our body. Um, this book because it's got me out of my anxiety attack yesterday. Okay. Um, so when I'm I was tethered, so. yeah, I was literally shaking in my room, curled up into a ball. I got some food, didn't work. I tried to call a friend, didn't work. I ended to curling up in a ball and reading this book, and it got me out of it. Okay. So I'm grateful for that, and. Uh, I'm gonna go basic now. Music, nice. Okay. Music. Okay. Because music. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Music. Yeah. Brings us. Yeah, music actually. Yeah. Of, yeah. That ha- I didn't think of. Brings out a lot of emotions music as well. Has really it's true. Yeah. Recently, I wake up and first thing I think about, think about like these last days, has been like a song. So I'll just play in the morning while I'm watching. Nice. So nice. yeah, music is the answer. Music. Thank you yeah. to music. Yeah. yeah. And thank you for being here today. We really appreciate it. Yes. Thank you for your time. Um, Thank you. I know it was, I I think maybe like you had some difficult conversations or discussions on this podcast and I really appreciate that. Today? Yeah, of course. Being very vulnerable and um, yeah, I think it's a great way for listeners to really know like whatever they're experiencing, they're like, they're not alone. There are a lot of things that they can start doing to really change. That's true. um, Whatever they're going through and like really it's not a negative, negative thing to feel, but something that they should really just soak in and. Try to take things from there. It's like, it's not a bad feeling. Like, it's okay to not be okay. 